Three years ago, my wife Anita and I traveled to Pittsburgh, where at the age of 80, I ran in the Pittsburgh Marathon for the 10th straight year. It was a special marathon because I ran with my daughter Anne and my granddaughter Adrian. After the marathon, I gave some serious thought to making my 10th marathon my last marathon. I enjoyed the excitement of returning to my hometown, visiting old friends and haunts, and joining thousands of runners at the marathon, but running the marathon was becoming more and more of a physical ordeal, so much so that in recent years, I had to reduce my run to the half marathon. It turned out that because of the pandemic, I didn't have a Pittsburgh marathon to run in for the next two years. I could have signed up for a virtual run, but jogging 13.1 miles around our living room wasn't quite the same as jogging through the streets and over the bridges of my hometown. At the beginning of 2022, the organizers of the Pittsburgh Marathon announced that with the pandemic in decline, they were bringing the marathon back to Pittsburgh. They'd invited those of us who had run the marathon in the past to join the thousands of runners who, after a three-year wait, would be back at the starting line in downtown Pittsburgh on the first Sunday in May. The first time since 2019 because of the pandemic. They've been having it virtually, but now it's the first time back in person. The runners are now on the road putting foot to pavement to uh, start out this 26.2 miles through the entire city of Pittsburgh, the north side, south side, east end, and west end. Such an exciting and wonderful feeling to uh, once again have the Pittsburgh Marathon uh, back through the streets of Pittsburgh. My only problem was that I wasn't ready to run in another Pittsburgh marathon. I kept up a jogging routine of three 5Ks a week, but training for a marathon was another matter. I tried, with mixed results, to increase the distance of my weekly jogs. I even ran in a local 5K, but did so poorly that a Carbondale policeman offered me a ride to the finish line. It didn't help that my daughter Anne made hotel reservations in Pittsburgh for the weekend of the marathon in the hopeless hope that my aging and aching body had one last distance run in it. I also kept receiving daily emails from the organizers of the Pittsburgh Marathon urging me to register. They sometimes included photos of one of my more memorable marathons, though why they thought photos of my headfirst fall at the finish line at one of my runs was just the thing to convince me to run again. Anita and I did return to Pittsburgh but it was two weeks after the Pittsburgh Marathon. I'd been invited to speak at the Heinz History Center Sports Museum, so we decided that, marathon or no marathon, a trip to our hometown was still worth it. While we missed the excitement of the marathon, Anita and I discovered that every time we entered a diner or a deli, the food brought back a flood of emotions. Every major city in the U.S. is known for their iconic dish. If it's New York City, they're known for pizza and also bagels. Baltimore's known for crabs. Chicago's known for their hot dogs and deep dish pizza. Philadelphia's known for their cheesesteak and pretzels. So, you know, everywhere has their one thing. And in Pittsburgh, it's pierogies. You'd be hard-pressed to find a bar or a restaurant without pierogies. And if you do, it's because they're probably sold out because they're just that good. When we ate miniature pierogies at a breakfast buffet, a Pittsburgh salad topped with french fries and an iconic diner, and kielbasa and galumkis at a Polish deli, the taste brought back memories of growing up in Pittsburgh, along with the five pounds we put on before we headed home. Our last day in Pittsburgh was Sunday, so we decided to attend Mass at the Catholic Church where we were married. When Mass was over, we told the priest 
that we'd exchanged our vows in the church nearly 57 years ago when he smiled and said it looked like our marriage would last, Anita smiled back and said, you never know. As for my woeful pirates, they were in town that Sunday, though most of their fans wished they weren't. Anita and I thought about going to the game, but we decided to visit our old neighborhoods instead. If we had gone to the game, we would have witnessed baseball history. Only five times before had a team been so inept that they won a game without getting a hit. My pirates joined that dubious company on our last day in Pittsburgh. Bouncing ball toward the second baseman, and they're not going to get two on this. And the Pirates are going to take the lead. Low bounding ball by Key Brian Hayes. Still no hits, but a lead of one to nothing. How about that? Now the Reds are down to their final strike. Payoff. Grounded right side. Van Meter from the outfield grass. And a dominant day delivered by Hunter Green. The Reds pitching staff does not yield a hit, but falls by a skinny run. That evening, we ate stuffed pork chops as big as our heads at a popular spot called the Speakeasy before driving home the next day. Once on the road, Anita asked me if my poor pirates would ever have a good team again. I told her, you never know. But a longtime Pirates fan, I knew the answer. This is Pete Peterson for WSIU Radio.